Hello, fellow nerds, and welcome to Our Nerdiest Thing. We are live today with author Cassie Alexander. Cassie is a registered nurse and author. She has written numerous paranormal romances, sometimes with her friend Kara Lockhart. As Cassandra, she's written The Year of the Nurse, a COVID-19 pandemic memoir, which has appeared in The Atlantic, The Mass Exodus of America's Healthcare Workers. She has also contributed to The Huffington Post and The Journal of Patient Safety Authority. As Cassie, she has written several paranormal and fantasy romance books, including her most recent release, Bend Her, and the upcoming sequel, Break Her. She lives in the Bay Area with one husband, two cats, and one million succulents. <laughs> welcome. <laughs> I welcome. thought going to say one million dollars. So I was like, wow, thanks for taking the time. Yeah. Oh, I wish, I wish. <laughs> welcome to the podcast. Thank you for Thank being you for here. Me. Yeah, yeah. No, I'm excited. Thank you. Well, Cassie, I know a lot about you because I sit in your art group. And that group is one of the funnest groups I sit in, by the way, um, because you're so active in there, which I really appreciate. But then everyone in there like fangirls over you every time you talk. So it's really, really cute. (laughs) I love it so much. So I feel like I know a lot about you. But you know, what would you want someone that maybe has not read anything that you've written to know about you? Oh, oh my God. (laughs) Just pitching them hard right out of the gate. (laughs) There's like so many layers to this. There's like, do I give you the flippant answer? Do I give you the deep trauma answer? And I guess that is my answer in and of itself. I do have boundaries. They're just low. Um, (laughs) I have like extreme PTSD and anxiety, but not in relation to like the writing world and stuff. It's just from like other things that have happened in my life. But um, so sometimes people are really excited when they see like people go on authentic emotional journeys in my book. And that's really what I try to accomplish. But a lot of those are kind of just like me exercising my demons that way. And so I guess, yeah, that's a really heavy answer for a light question. And I'm sorry. That's how I roll. (laughs) No. So if you ever listen to our podcast, we have zero boundaries. We talk about everything. Everything. I mean, I was editing an episode today and the number of times we say dick in it, I was just (laughs) laughing so hard because I was like we shouldn't name this episode how many times can you say say dick (laughs) spoiler alert it's a lot (laughs) I've I've recently branched out into using dick in my books like for a long time I was like anti-dick it's not like I was pro phallus or pro member or anything else it's really bad um I was just kind of a cock girl I guess I should say and so now but I've um I don't know just like some recent things I've been working on I'm just like no you know dick is like a totally acceptable word to use in like sexy times when like the vibe is right and like especially Mm -hmm. when a male character's thinking about himself casually you know so he's not thinking about his member when he thinks about himself exactly yeah yeah as a reader I appreciate that because there's nothing worse than like it being like and then his length or then his member (laughs) or like his steel was erect and I'm like, it's, I, I don't mind the word cock. I mean, I just, because it, if you're getting into sexy time, it's telling you what's, what it is. Right. <laughs> so I'm, I'm actually really cool with that. So. It sets the tone. It, right? it sure does. I, um, I would really love a shirt now that says I'm just a, a cock, cock girl, girl, I guess. <laughs> on it for you yeah that's a fantastic quote so you've already said Cassie that you um you do put real authentic situations in your books to deal kind of with your own PTSD and your own anxiety so is that what led you into being an author or how did you how did you decide you wanted to write because you were a nurse first correct No, no, actually. So I went about everything like ass backwards. So I actually became a nurse to be able to afford to be a writer. Mm. 
because I've always been like super practical and um, my my goal in life actually was to be like Michael Crichton, right? He's like my middle school hero and he was a doctor, but he also wrote Jurassic Park. So um, I was like, I'll totally do that. I'll become a doctor and I'll become get rich and retire and write. And my life didn't go like that. I went to like um, all the beginning of doctor, like pre-med stuff in college. But then I met my ex-husband on the internet when it was like super ses- uh Sally Jesse Raphael oh, to wait, meet no, strange no, no. So Mindy has you beat. Tell her how you met your husband. I met my husband on a telephone dating service. <laughs> oh my gosh. Wow. <laughs> that's impressive. Oh my that's super old school. My hat is yes. <laughs> Dang, yeah. No, here I thought I was being outright because this was like in like, you know, 19 fucking 98. Um, anyways, long story short. I left school and I pursued writing as full time as I could and had a bunch of mediocre jobs. And then I was like, well, I have all these things. What can I do with them to like make some space in my life so that I can write more? And so that's when I went back to nursing school. But it was very calculated because unfortunately, living in the Bay Area is super expensive. And so I needed to have a job that paid well enough that I could work part time and still have time to write was my was my goal. So um but no, I, so I always wanted to write. Um, and I think part of that was because when I was a little kid, I had really bad eyesight, but no one knew because I was such a huge nerd. And I guess I always sat up close and stuff, but like all I did was read books. And then it wasn't until I was nine and they did like that vision and spine check in school when they're like, oh my God, you can see nothing. And oh, and I was lucky too. Like in real life, my last name, it's not Alexander, but it's also very close to the alphabet. And so I always got to sit up at the front of the class. So that helped too. So um so after I had my whole like, oh, my God, roofs have shingles, trees have leaves. These aren't just abstract <laughs> things that I've read about moment. Um, I think by then uh, reading and writing and I, it, I just kind of imprinted on it. And that's like always what I wanted to do, like yeah, for forever. That's awesome. So who would have known that the spine and eye check would have gotten you where <laughs> you need to be? <laughs> Pretty much. Yeah. Old were you when you started writing and what drew you into that um have you guys heard of Andre Norton yes so and- Andre Norton is kind of old school and and for people who like on your podcast who aren't aware of her she like came of age as a writer during the 50s when you weren't allowed to be a lady writer so her name had to be kind of like quasi-masculine and so I just ripped through all of her shit at our school library that I could and then um also too we had this assignment in like seventh grade where we had to write um, a famous person, which like in hindsight, it was probably really obnoxious. But back then, famous people were hard to find. There wasn't internet, right? right? So you had to like put like a lot of effort into finding them. So anyways, the librarian helped me get my letter to Andre Norton somehow. And I didn't know what to talk to her about. Like I'm fucking seventh grade, right? So I'm just like, I know you have cats from your books because like half of her cats are about like cat aliens doing cool shit. And I was like, I have cats too. And so she wrote me back a letter like typewriter I still have it oh my god like, these are my cats these are my ages and stuff so so yeah so that kind of um she was like a very formative writer for me and and her her encouragement which was really nothing more than just a general kindness but like it made me think like that's really cool that could be me someday you know so writing people so with their cats cool. well and I that's love awesome. that a strong feminist woman got you there too oh, yeah. like someone that had to have an androgynous name someone that was kind of doing things she shouldn't have been doing and then you were like you know what I can be that person I think yeah. that's really rad that's awesome I'm a cat girl too so and <laughs> when we when we talk about the book I have questions about cat aliens because there there's kind of a cat alien in your book <laughs> there is there is yeah 
Well, let's talk about Ben-Hur a little bit. Ben-Hur is book one of three is it going to be mm-hmm. a trilogy? Just um, this three. That's it. They're already written. They're already done. Oh, I love nice. as, as a reader. I love that. Yes. Um, that's a dark retelling, really, of Beauty and the Beast. So I'm just really curious, what led you to want to do a retelling of a well-known fairy tale like that? Uh, this is um, going to be a fun answer. I can already tell. <laughs> Yeah, no, I've given this a lot of thought, and and this sounds flippant and sarcastic, but it's actually not because it's um, it's like people who are like jaded by like Fifty Shades of Grey and all of its ilk, and people who had their sexual awakening during 1991's Beauty and the Beast animated feature, <laughs> and so um, that's what I was just like, let's go deep there on that part of the Venn like diagram. Like a Venn diagram. I am, I am right in the middle of that <laughs> yeah, Venn diagram, yeah. so <laughs> that's. Hilarious. Have you seen that meme going around that's like, what got me into monster romance? And then it shows like all the beauty and the beast and like dancing in the ballroom and stuff, which I never thought about it that way. It's kind of true. Yeah. Like if, you, if you thought he was hotter as the beast, like that was your start. Yeah. In. I did not think he was hot as the prince. No, I thought yeah. he was hotter as the beast. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> I relate. Um, yeah. So I wanted to ask, I personally wanted to ask you about the title because it's kind of become a little like joke with us when we talk about your book. I like been over when we we talk about it um so I wanted to just know the the process of choosing that title because it all it's a double entendre right like there's some hidden meaning there but it's also very uh figurative it's not it is literal but it's not literal I just wanted to know the thought process behind your title for this first book yeah so I was really lucky that um um my my own cat beast (laughs) <laughs> about cat doors a lot of the time a, sorry it's a big kitty yeah I want it's only on a shirt <laughs> <laughs> that's um, a big kitty so so I was I was lucky enough to just be in the shower one day because that's what happens to writers like you're in the car you're in the shower and I was like this is just like how the story started but the title came then too I was like, man, I want to make this guy who's just like such a dick. And then I, but I was like, but I can't really just do that because that's not how I roll, right? I was like, I have to actually give him motivations for being such a dick. What on earth could possibly be his motivation? And so that's when I came up with like the premise for the book, which I feel okay giving away on your thing because I pretty much give it away in the blurb is that like, he knows that this woman's going to kill him. So it's all right for him to, it's all right, you know, and like dark fantasy romance style things that for him to be like a little bit of a, a, a jerk to her. So, um, so I was in the shower and I had this and I was like, I just see it unfolding in my head. And I had like that book feeling that sometimes you get when you're a writer and, um, and yeah. And then I was like, and I already know what the fucking titles are going to be like, I was like, it's going to be bent her, break her and make her. And, and then I just rolled with it. And then people are, and you're right, it does work on a lot of levels, right? And people are kind of, you know, made fun of it or I've heard people make fun of it and stuff, but, um, I wanted the the title to get across kind of what happens in the book as each of the titles does in its own particular way as the series progresses and and for people to kind of think about what that title actually means in the context of the story like it's one thing to come to the title and not have any knowledge of the story and then you're like <laughs> but like if you if you really read the book like um it, it's a lot about like that push and pull between two individuals um like you know having like this slow burn romance but one of the reasons why the first book is kind of slow burn and the next two are not, I swear to God, is because um, I knew with that title, if I made the contents too hot, that Amazon was going to dungeon me. I just had this oh. psychic feeling. 
So that's one one of the reasons why there's only like one super spicy scene in it. Although there's like this elaborate sexual tension really the whole time. Yeah, yeah, it's amazing. <laughs> it's very good. <laughs> so I was just I was just like okay, so because every time I turn in the files for these books, as you know, Deborah, because you see on my group, like Amazon sits on them for five days, and I know they're all just like, is this secretly a kidnapping manual? What's happening in here? You know. <laughs> And, and so I want to be able to tell them when I email them, by the way, you know, there's not even any P and V in this book and, uh, and be true when I say that the other two books they can dungeon. I don't care as long as my, the first one stays clean. So anyways, super long answer. Sorry about that. So I, I do have to ask though, and you know, you and I have joked a lot in the group about the summary, right? Because I always put like what the tropes are in our reviews that we put online. And you know, if there's anything that might trigger anybody and you were kind of teasing me because you I said, there's spanking in the book, but it's important to the plot. I promise. (laughs) Because it is. I mean, that's not usually something that does it for me. And I was like, okay, I think I might like this all of a sudden. But really, I I need to know, um, you know, the thought concept. You already said cat aliens around this supernatural sidekick that Rain has and how you came up with that. Because it is the cutest freaking most terrifying thing I've ever imagined in my life and when he I don't want to give anything away but at the end where he's like I did it and you're like yay like, you just like want to snuggle him up but he's a fucking cat spider that is so scary <laughs> so I actually love spiders I guess you guys can see like my shirt here it's like you know 1950s a spider and the lady in the web thing for better or worse one of my formative movies was Kroll I don't know if you guys have seen Crawl, but yeah. there's like this elaborate like spider set in the middle thing. And I don't know. I've just always thought spiders were bitching. And then I know Piers Anthony is not a good person, but um, and I know his Xanth series is particularly problematic. But um, I think like the third or fourth book in there, he's got um this thing where a character goes through magical tapestry and a spider comes with him. And they have adventures together. And I really liked that book as a kid. And, you know, spiders can do a lot of cool shit that other creatures can't that, you know, are as interesting, you know, just as a writer, too, that's interesting and and potentially plot useful, as you saw. So, um, so yeah, so that's why... uh, I don't know. And, and, and creepy things don't really scare me. Whatever that is, is like burned out of me now. So, (laughs) yeah. Well, as I was reading it and you said like, it has all because I was thinking it was a cat. And then all of a sudden you're like, and it has eight arachnid legs. And I was like, oh, my God, wait, what? Wait, is this a spider cat? <laughs> well, and it talks like a 10 year old boy. That's the part that kind yes. of, yeah, I'm like, what? So endearing. I love it. I like want one. Yeah, me too. Right. Yeah. Okay. So if you do know where those actually are, we would like one, yes. please. <laughs> <laughs> so we know what kind of stories you like to write. Do you, are you a strictly fantasy reader or do you like other kinds of stories to read? Um, actually I, um, I don't read that much and I feel like an asshole admitting that, but I'm going to do it here. It feels like a safe space. Um, I have read a lot in my life. Unfortunately, I'm a very absorptive person and, um, and I also have a tendency to fall into wells. So I have to be super particular about like, who I write and read otherwise I wind up like reading all you know the first 16 of the Ice Planet Barbarian series in like three (laughs) weeks and then I start writing like Ruby Dixon and that's not good for anybody so um so I actually mostly read kind of contemporary romance 
Um, I read like LJ Shen. I like her mm-hmm. stuff and Sierra Simone. And I realize that that's obnoxious too, because those are like the big famous people and I should know more indie people or low hanging fruit. And I just honestly don't. Don't apologize LJ- for what you love to read. Everybody loves <laughs> oh, what you. they love. Thank yeah, you. I appreciate seriously. that. Uh, LJ Shen was like my comfort read during the pandemic. Somehow somebody was all, you should read The Sparrow. And it was like April, 2020. And I was like, oh my God, I love this book. <laughs> and so I read like her entire backlist that whole year. It just got me through shit. Um, so, so yeah, so I, uh, the most recent thing I read actually is, um, Harley LaRue's, uh, Losers, and I loved The Dare, which was the prequel to that, um, and that's like a, a why choose with this character who has a complicated relationship with four guys, um. That doesn't sound too complicated to me. (laughs) Oh, that's pretty hot. Oh, 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 well, now I'm gonna, like, tell you about Harley LaRue. Um, so the dare is you should read the dare. It's hard to find because it got banned from Amazon because it was too hot because there's like a knife oh. placing in it is my authorial guess oh, about gotcha. why it got banned. Mm-hmm. But you can find it on Eden Books and, and other other vendors don't care. So um, anyways, <clears throat> if you like this prequel novella, you will like the next two books. But um, but those are also contemporary in their way, even though they are like a why choose thing. So um, so yeah, so I spent a long time writing um coming from science fiction and fantasy land and writing epic fantasy and hard science fiction i only really pivoted to romance like in 2019 with a friend my friend carol lockhart when we started um writing our dragon shifter series together and she was like these are the romance beats you have to follow them but that's how come all my paranormal shit is kind of like um maybe oblique to romance paranormal stuff because I'm like, if I'm going to write about an alien, he's going to be really alien. Or, uh, you know, I just like, I, I prize. Oh, shit. That's going to make me sound like an asshole. I prize novelty, but I have learned that I also have to make it comforting because I would send stuff to Kara and she would be like, no, you can't do this. Like nobody's <laughs> nobody's ready for this. They want they're reading this book for these feelings. And you just can't like you can't zig and then zag on people. She she really taught me. um I was the word monkey and she was the marketing person and uh, she really kind of bumper balled me towards uh, romance stuff and taught me that I would like it and how to write it. So that's awesome. I love to hear that. So are you a part of any fandoms or what other like nerdy things do you like? Um. Oh gosh. I'm going to think of like 20 million when we leave here. Oh, okay. So this is, possibly dumb i'm a real big fan of the musical artist ymir mm-hmm. um because he writes just like uh, amazing amazing music and i'm like a hundred percent vibe writer like i put on these moody playlists and i listen to songs like one individual song like 72 times according to spotify and my husband's all are you all right and i'm like shh, shh, shh it's okay <laughs> so um so i'm also like a huge muse fan like oh I'm, my gosh cassie that is my favorite yes. band of all time deb and i saw them in concert so i had tickets to see them in columbus two weeks ago and there was a huge power outage here and our kids had nowhere to go and i didn't get to go did i've had those tickets for almost a year oh i was so sad but muse is my my favorite band of all time and talk they're, about they're, vibe music yeah. i mean yeah 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 no matthew bellamy he's just a freaking genius right and yeah. and like and i i 
I have tickets for their upcoming show in Oakland. And like the nurse part of me is like, what the fuck are you thinking going to an arena show? And then like <laughs> the other 98% of me is like, it's news. If we get COVID there, who cares? You know, <laughs> it, it, it was worth, worth it. it. Yeah. It's almost like a religious experience. It's hard to explain to people who, who aren't like there, but like when you, oh, they just so good live, but all the, he's, he's like genius. Anyways. So yeah, I was so jealous of Stephanie Meyer when she got to commission a new know, Muse song right? for each Twilight. I yep. was like, oh, itch. <laughs> <laughs> well, and as a Muse fan, I was like, that was not the right song for that. Like, <laughs> I was so critical about it. I'm like, they could have played this. Like, I really wanted them to, um, this is super nerdy, when Bella gets turned and she's waking up. I really pictured Absolution by Muse playing because it talks about like the lips are turning blue and like mm-hmm. sing for this to be over and all this. And I'm like, it's going to be perfect. And she said, there's this song in it. It was that fucking campy song that they did. After, oh, I belong to you. Oh, and I was yeah. like, but Absolution, did you not get through the brainwaves, the song that you were supposed to use? But of course, they wanted to use a new song out of their catalog yeah. to promote, right? But also, yeah. that song's one of the best songs on the planet. So it is, it is. Yeah, total missed opportunity there. <laughs> sure. Another thing that we love to do on this is our nerdy and dirty speed round. Favorite cocktail? Coke Zero. <laughs> ah, me too. That's a good one. Which I mainline. Yeah, yeah. I'm not an alcohol person, not for any particular reason. My brain's already weird. I got to stay on track. So yeah. <laughs> Favorite fandom? Mine, because they're fucking awesome. I was going to say, so yours, yeah. yours is a great fandom. <laughs> That's a valid answer. You know, I can I just riff on that for a little bit? Of it's course. been so nice. I just am primed to always expect kind of bad things. And and I've mentioned this on a, on the group before, Deb. So like, I always, you know, I'm just like, it's it's a great trait to have as a nurse because like worst case scenario, girl is really profitable at the hospital because you can see problems at the, um, in advance. But in real life, it just leads to you kind of like pulling out all your own feathers like a bad parrot. So it's been really thrilling to kind of have that Facebook group where everybody is just like, pretty chill and we just talk about some books and some art and you know it's just like very uh low-key and no drama and stuff so um I didn't realize how much I would like that once I had it so I uh yeah so I hope that keeps going so that I guess that's my my cheesy answer like when people you know when you ask them in job interviews what's your worst skill and they're like perfectionism you know or something (laughs) I'm not gonna lie I've said that before (laughs) guilty pleasure probably chocolate started in the pandemic and I was like fuck it I might die I'm gonna eat a lot of chocolate um, I went with alcohol <laughs> <laughs> and more books that's what, that's what we all did alcohol and more books yeah. yeah for a while there I was buying every plant under the sun like my succulent garden what it, it it still is amazing but I had to winnow it down because I would just work overtime at work and then I'd come home and I'd be on plant Instagram and like plant Instagram is wild y'all I don't know if you've been is on it that wilder that than bookstagram Oh my God. Yeah. Yeah. It even has tiny like, weird dramas and stuff. Um, not, not to the degree necessarily the bookstagram does because the stakes are much lower, but everybody there's just, so I would just be like, I just made X amount of dollars. I'm going to spend that much money on plants. And so I would, and I would also be on Ambien at the time for context. I would get just like massive shipments of like fancy Korean succulents in. <laughs> and uh, so for a while there, that was kind of like my, my bad habit, my bad hobby, but it, it actually, I had like, I really enjoyed them and I needed them at the time. So I've winnowed things down so that it's more stable now so that I don't have to be out there toiling for like two hours every day to keep everything alive because some of them are like really fragile and stuff. What character you'd get nerdy and dirty with? 
even remember what his name is, but I really like the protagonist in LJ Shin's The Kiss Thief because he really is like such an ass. He's just like the the pinnacle of asshole. And yet somehow she like brings it back around. <laughs> so, um, yeah. Uh, team Edward or Team Jacob? Oh, Team Jacob. He's like far hotter. Oh, nice. <laughs> yeah. And he doesn't sparkle. <laughs> yeah, yeah. No, I had them gone. I'm apart from the fact that my skin is just pasty, I'm kind of over my goth face now. So <laughs> who's your book boyfriend? It is dumb because it's it's my own character, but Jack is my bisexual vampire from my Dark Ink Tattoo series, who's mm-hmm. like this total disaster buy of a man who tries to do the right thing, but is always in very extenuating circumstances, and I just feel for him. And uh, he he is, I've written like 300,000 words about him, and he's always going to be just a part of my soul, so. Oh, that's a I great love that answer. answer. Who's your book girlfriend? Oh, that that one's easy. Um, I, I do I do feel bad again saying my own stuff, but I guess I continue to be an asshole. Um, kind of like the conqueror in my book. Am I the asshole? Actually, which is based off of the Reddit post frame, is an amazing uh character. She's a demoness. So basically, the premise of Am I the asshole is that there's this girl who is kind of shy and easily bullied by her boyfriend who who does love her but he loves her in like a frat boy kind of way like he's never going to be on her level and she's never going to be able to verbalize her needs to him anyways his friends give him a demon summoning kit for his bachelor party essentially and he wants to have a threesome with the demon and they summon the demon and she's quenelop the conqueror and so then becky has to go on this journey of exploration where she figures out like that she's actually bi and that she needs to be with quenelop and blows up her life and stuff like that and Quenelith is like amazing like if I had ever poured all the hotness I've ever written into one character it is into her like I was just like I'm gonna turn this shit up to 11 (laughs) (laughs) that is so cool well I haven't read that one but now I need to (laughs) I want to know what a demon threesome looks like me too oh oh, it it doesn't happen because Quenelith is like a gold star lesbian she's just like okay okay. so yeah you can lick my boots but no (laughs) no smut or plot when i read i like to have like an even mix of both not that i can't appreciate stuff that's just porn and like not that i don't go back to like some scenes in certain books repeatedly but i just need to have that moment of connection so that it feels like what's happening is meaningful favorite childhood book i loved the chronicles of narnia and i never got that they were christian allegory like ever (laughs) i love those too still i never read the last book because i didn't want the series to end and that's where the christianity slaps you upside the head right yeah so it wasn't until i was in college and somebody said something and i was like shut the front door and then it it made sense why my very baptist parents had out of all the books that they didn't like had given me that particular book to read that series to read because it involved like christian themes and stuff so yeah what is your favorite cereal grape nuts I love grape nuts too, but I have to put a lot of sugar on them. So I, I used to like grape nuts until, you know, back in like the 80s, my grandma put sweet and low on them one time. Oh, no. And that'll no. ruin grape nuts for no, you. No, true sugar all the way. It's real bad. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, they, yeah. They have to be like the ratio is almost like one third sugar to two thirds grape nut, basically. Right. Agreed. <laughs> Um, So to finish out the nerdy and dirty speed round, we have a list of uh, celebrities and we're just going to ask hot or not, because we have some differing opinions here in our nerdiest thing of who is hot (laughs) and who just looks homeless. So Cassie, if you don't know who they are, just say pass. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Just say pass. My daughter was like, I don't know who that is, but she's also, (laughs) you know, not cool. (laughs) Okay. So hot or not. 
Pedro Pascal. Oh, hot. Who, who does not think that he's hot? Me and Come me on. don't get it. Don't These get two. It. I'm we alone here. On, I'm on the Pedro <laughs> Island. They just don't get it. <laughs> have you guys you not watched yourself. The Last of Us? He's I'm like, not. So I, I need either. to. And I've heard that's where it happens. That's where the magic happens. Right. I mean, I had a crush on him just from The Mandalorian, and you barely ever see his face. So, yeah, he has a presence. You're totally right. Well, he, yeah. I heard in an interview he said he uses his bedroom voice in The Mandalorian, and I was like, aha. <laughs> <laughs> That's what it is. That's how you win him over. <laughs> yeah. Uh, Miley Cyrus. Oh, she's also hot. Anybody who says she's not hot is lying. <laughs> Uh, Ryan Reynolds. So I'm very queer. Yes, of course, Ryan Reynolds is awesome. <laughs> uh, Paul Rudd. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Kristen Bell. Yes. <laughs> These are all very easy questions. <laughs> Sebastian Stan. Oh my gosh, yes, yes. Have you, guys, have you seen that YouTube video where he creeps on Sharon Stone? I have. Mm. <laughs> like they're on a talk show together. Yes. And, and he's all like, I've loved you since I was 18 or something. It's something it, that's, that's not the word, but that's like the equivalent intensity. Like he's clearly had, like she was his like formative crush. Well, and, I feel and like any one of a certain generation watched basic instinct. Oh yeah. Right. And they were like, Oh, well yeah. Sharon Stone. <laughs> so he just lays it on the line and tries to Mac on her, like on national TV. Oh, just yeah. really? It's so hot. Yeah. Does she fall for it? She kind of flirts she, back with him, but she does. Yeah, it doesn't look entirely awkward or forced, but she's also an actress. Right. But yeah. right, right. Who knows what happened backstage yeah. after yeah. <laughs> after the interview? Jensen Ackles. I'm not super familiar with Supernatural, but I do know that he's hot. Yeah. Um, if, it, if it tells you how much we're into Jensen Ackles, our notes for this interview are taped to him behind the ring light. <laughs> we have a stand up of him in our office. <laughs> I'm so daunted by Supernatural. It's one of those shows where I feel like at this point I should watch it, but there's just like so much. And I just, yeah, it's I just get like a commitment. It is. Yeah. yeah. But it's good. It's worth it. Uh, Selena Gomez. Oh, again, super hot. Yes, of course. Uh, She's so great in The Only Murders in the Building, oh, yeah, too. Yeah, so, yeah. Uh, Ben Barnes. He is in the Shadow and Bone uh, Netflix oh, adaptation. Oh, you know, I haven't watched that He's also in the Chronicles of Narnia. He was in Speaking one of, of the which, Chronicles of Narnia yeah, movies Caspian, right? a long time oh, ago. Yeah. yeah. And he was in a season of The Punisher when it was on Netflix, too. Um, yeah, I think I missed all those. I know I saw the um, Prince Captain Nario, but that was like, mm, like he, 10 years ago. I mean, he was like 17 or something <laughs> right. when he made that. I mean, maybe he was like 26, but he looked 17. <laughs> um, Timothy Chalamet. Oh, yeah, he's hot too. And he's in Dune. Come the fuck on. <laughs> I, my dad, bless his son, my real dad, he gave me Dune when I was eight. And, and that was a bad move because it formed a lot of, like, my expectations. I don't know, like, who I wanted to be for a while there, too. It was also Andrew Norton, but also Frank Herbert. So, yeah, yeah. Of course I'm going to, yeah. I would forgive Paul Atreides anything. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> um, Tessa Thompson. Again, incredibly hot. Yeah, she's, she's amazing in everything she's in. So, yeah. She is. Yeah, she's great. The Rock. <laughs> yes. Yeah. I'm not gonna lie. Yeah, yeah. I keep worrying that he's gonna be a secret Republican somehow. So I just want to get big stuff in the future. But yeah. but for as long as he seems like a, a woke dude, then we're on the same length. I'm not gonna kick him out of bed reading crackers. So <laughs> Mila Kunis. Oh my god, she's like uh, so Jupiter Ascending is one of my favorite movies. So yeah, I love her, of course, yes. 
Tom Hiddleston. He doesn't really super do it for me, but again, I would go there, you know? So, yeah. <laughs> he doesn't not do it for me either. <laughs> yeah, you know? Yeah, it's like 51%. It's okay. So. Right, yeah. Uh, Brie Larson. Oh, yeah. Yeah, she's amazing. Preferably in the outfit from Captain... Uh, <laughs> Captain Marvel. Marvel. Yeah. 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 Uh, Florence Pugh. <clears throat> also amazing. Yeah, she's fantastic too. And then last, Blake Lively. Yeah, like I wouldn't hunt her down, but again, if it happened, I'd be all right. I'm so, super yeah. into that guy that's also her love interest in that show. And he was on Orphan yeah. Black, too. I can't remember what his name is. I know. So he needs to be more stuff. He's hot. But <laughs> yeah, all of your answers were correct. So good. <laughs> I'm on here and they're like, oh no, I'm not going to sleep with Florence Pugh. <laughs> they're lying. Like, they're lying, Cassie. Yeah. They, they, yeah, they are. Yeah. So I know that you have Break Her coming up in May. Um, do you have any other projects or events, festivals, mm. or anything like that coming up? Um, No, I haven't really figured out the whole in person thing yet for romance books. I know that like a polycon and all that stuff are things I haven't really, um, as a nurse, I'm still kind of gun shy about like extraneous travel. So it's probably going to be a while in my life. And that's not about necessarily reality. That's just about me as a person. Um, uh, so, um, I, no, I'm not going to do anything in person. Um, Make Her, the third book in the series, comes out in August. I'm also juggling, I, I know you know this, Deb, like French and Italian and German translations of those and stuff. Oh, wow. Um, there's a lot of, like, this is Duck Cassie, but there's, like, all sorts of paddling below the water for stuff to make all the magic happen. <clears throat> um, but what I really want to do is, like, in, in, like, hopefully in a week or so here, um, have all my back end shit coordinated and then get to start writing my new thing um, so that I can, I'm really enjoying this feeling of being ahead as an author. I've never had this in my career before where I've had like all my books done before deadlines and I'm not panicking or anything. And I want to keep that up with the space that I've gained and not blow it. So are you allowed to tell us what you're going to be working on next? Yeah. Yeah. So, um, so Unfortunately, for the way that my brain works, I like to do different things in genre hop. So if I were like a smart author, I would um, super dive into fantasy romance and I would sit there and I would make it my home and I just keep rocking them for forever. Um, but in actuality, I just need to do what makes me happy. And that's how I work. So um, I, I'm going to do this uh, Y2 novel because I did read all those um, Ice Planet Barbarian books. Have and you read the um, bonds that tie, Cassie? Huh? Have you read the bonds that tie? Mm -mm. Okay, that's your next Why Choose novel. Trust me. Okay. There's five or six. Six. Whitney just reread them this weekend. Like, how many days <laughs> did it take you to reread them? I, three, right? Well, one of my kids is sick. So I was on the couch all day yesterday and today, and I read three and a quarter. <laughs> I'm, I'm like 25% through book four. They're really, really amazing. They're good. They are. Yeah. They're really good. Who's the author of that? Jay Bree. Yeah. Okay. 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 I'll check that out for sure. Yeah. Yeah. So that's, um, that's kind of what I want to do is this thing that's, um, combines all these tropes that I really like. Um, and it's going to be this, you know, this girl and like four guys who are from outer space for assorted reasons. And, um, and of course, you know, they have to sleep with her, otherwise they're going to die. So everything's very dire. And she has like a horrible past. Basically I've been calling it, um, breaking bad with pornography. <laughs> Because it's going to be like a really, really rough read. And now that I'm cool with, so like, like a while back <clears throat> with my uh, co-author, um, I turned in like some stuff for, to her 
And and God bless her. It was the right thing to say at the time, but she was like, you you can't do this. <laughs> no one's going to read this from you right now in your career. And I was like, God damn it. I hate you because you're right. Um, she's like, you got to get people in the door first before you can just like dive into the pit. And I was like, okay. But uh, now that I feel like I have a foot in the door, I'm going to write whatever the fuck I want. And it's going to be insane. So, um, so yeah, it's going to be like super high stakes, super violent, um, super angsty, super trauma. And um, but everybody's going to wind up getting a happy ending and a happily ever after and stuff so that's very important to Whitney yes, yes. it so is I'm sure you're happy yes. to hear that. she has like texted me at, like two in the morning before and been like what the fuck <laughs> yeah, I, if I know there's a happy ending coming then I can deal with pretty much anything in between you know I love spoilers actually I I, I will be watching a show and I will look up spoilers to make sure that everything's going to be okay because I get too anxious about the outcome otherwise and I sit there and try to is guess what's going to happen I don't necessarily it's want... It's not a problem. I'm just messing yeah, with you. It's an I, ongoing joke. We I don't necessarily it. want to know exactly what's going to happen, but I like to know this, you know, this writer writes happily ever afters. So in the end, it's all going to work out. I don't necessarily want to know like the details. Yeah. Spoiler yeah. Was, but there needs to be, there needs to be happily ever after. I gave a book one star recently <laughs> because I loved the whole series. And then the end was like not a happy ending. And I was like, I'm done See, with you. I You're loved, dead to me. I loved the ending because I don't think it should have had a happy ending. Right. Every, everything should have a happy ending. <laughs> <laughs> so, I feel like you just have to cue stuff up going into it. Like people have to know if they're going to trust you. Like I, because, you know, as you guys know, like people want to go on those rides. They just need to know they're in safe hands. So right. it has to be telegraphed. We know that you've got two more books coming out this year. You're working on this new series. What's uh -huh. the best way that our listeners can support your work? If anybody was interested in keeping track of me, probably my newsletter, which is um, CassieAlexander.com forward slash newsletter. And if you um, do sign up for my newsletter, then you get access to all of um, like the bonus material that I've done for all of my stuff. And it's not that I've written a lot of extra bonus stories, but I'm very fond of commissioning hot art. So all of my stuff has like a naughty, naughty art thing in there. So if you just want to like cruise <clears throat> pornography, um, you can sign up for my newsletter and you'll get like eight or nine different little things you can download and check out. So I, I would say, and maybe this says a lot about my taste. I don't think they're actually very explicit. So I know that you're on Facebook and Instagram. Is there anywhere else people can find you online? No, you know, I'm on TikTok, but I hesitate to tell you that's such an ephemeral thing, you know, it yeah. could go away at any moment. Yeah. So probably Facebook is, um, but only I'm never active on real Facebook. I'm only active in my group, actually. So my newsletter is safest okay. or Instagram, Instagram. Yeah. yeah. So we do a thing every week on the podcast where we all tell what our nerdiest thing of the week is. And um, so we could give you like for the month. So what would you say your nerdiest thing that you've done or experienced this month has been? <laughs> oh, I'm going to, again, sound like a self-aggrandizing asshole. But um, these very sweet people over at the Three Little Words podcast, um, Nicole and Claudia and and Oak did a three hour episode on my Am I the Asshole book. And oh my I was gosh, just really? <laughs> yeah, yeah. No, they tagged me on Twitter and I'm a bad Twitter person. I don't go there anymore because I need to like maintain more calmness in my life. 
And so I didn't see it for a while. And then I saw it and I was like three hours on this one book. No, the fuck way. But then I started listening and I was like, oh, my God. Wow. So that's like the nerdiest thing by far that has ever happened to me, but in a very entirely pleasant way. It was really fun. That is so cool. I would love to just be online one day and someone be like, oh, I talked about you for three hours. I'd be like, hey, okay, that sounds great. Well, is there anything else that you want our listeners to know before we unfortunately have to say goodbye? Because this has been so fun. No, no, I I do have other interests that aren't myself. I do feel bad for. I was just like I should make a list of other people to talk about. But uh, we're here to I'm, talk about you. Yeah, yeah exactly. we're here to talk about you. Okay, well, thank you. I appreciate that. We don't want to hear um, about people that may not write as well as you do. So. <laughs> <laughs> um. No. Yeah. Just. Um, if you're interested in Benter, check it out. People seem to like it. If you like Beauty and the Beast and you like dark stuff and BDSM magic, which is like what the what the cover says, then uh, if you if you look at the cover and you're like, I may be interested in that, chances are you are. So Agreed. I love the cover. Yeah, definitely give yeah, it a try. Beautiful. It's great. And so Benter is out now and Break Her Book Two comes out in May. And you said Make Her Book Three is coming in August. Yep. All 2023. Awesome. Yep, all 2023. I'm going to put those in my calendar. <laughs> <laughs> thank you so much, Cassie. Thank we really you. had fun. Thank you. Oh, thank you for having me. <laughs> we'll talk to you soon. Bye. Bye. Bye.